Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, if you've ever dreamed of becoming a popular speaker or a national thought leader, you're going to want to watch this next segment. We'll be talking to a leading national expert next. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, as many of you know, there was a time when I gave 300 speeches a year for six straight years in addition to my TV job. And I wish I had known somebody like my next guest then because I really didn't have a strategy. It was just kind of throwing against the wall to see what would stick. But Elizabeth Marshall would have coached me to do things differently. She's a strategist for thought leaders and a good friend. Thanks for coming on the show. So glad to be here. But I want to say, Jeff, you actually had an amazing strategy that you cared about changing the conversation in the industry and you were dedicated. You said yes when it would have been easy to say, well, I don't know if I want to do this. It's too early. Do I have to really drive 30 minutes? And you you put in the work to grow an audience of scale nationally. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> it's don't true. Stop. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> She's being too kind. Well, I want to talk about your career uh, because you've had a chance to work with some amazing authors and thought leaders. Um, how did you find yourself in this space? Well, the short answer is that I told my mom when I was maybe eight years old that I want to get paid to read books. And so then the longer answer is that, you know, in the early years of my business, I connected with um, a fellow author and speaker that we both know and love, Michael Port. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I was co-leading programs with him and helped him launch his very first book. And the rest is history. Absolutely. We're going to scroll down the, your um, your uh, testimonial page, I guess, or case study page on your website and, and look at some of those household names there. Uh, Seth Godin. Oh, my goodness. Do you kind of pinch yourself and say, I got to work with all these people? Yes. So, so with Seth, I got to host um, design and host three virtual book tours from wow. the span of 2007 to 2009. And it was really interesting time, Jeff, in history because podcasting had started, yes. but it really hadn't taken off. And at the same time, there were these live teleseminars. So essentially, I had a live podcast, but just on a teleseminar line. And his um, his Michael introduced me to Seth, and I had this great idea about hosting a roundtable discussion. And his publisher... Um, portfolio, a division of Penguin, really loved the idea, and they said, let's do it. And I think this, this is a clip from that very event. Elizabeth is truly wonderful at this, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. It's very... It's, it's very, very difficult to run a panel like this. I'm sure you've seen panels that just go completely off the rails, even with great uh, panelists because the uh, the interviewer, the host, has trouble managing them. And Elizabeth was able to manage Scott. <laughs> Elizabeth Marshall. <laughs> which is extraordinary. Okay, so guys, let's dive right in. You know, 
for many in the audience here, you know, they're just getting started with their speaking career. They've been at it for a year or two, and they, they really want to take it to the next level. And on the one hand, there's more opportunities than ever before. There's new conferences popping up on a daily basis. Local and regional groups need a speaker weekly, monthly. There's all kinds of opportunities to get involved. And yet, um, I know many of you have seen this, that for emerging speakers, it can be really confusing to know where to start and which direction to take. You know, it can feel like you're chasing shiny objects and in the process, you can waste a lot of time, energy, and money. I would love for each of you to speak briefly to what are some of the fundamental elements that you need to include in your, as you develop your speaking strategy. John, we'll start with you. The left-handed knitting club. <laughs> um, that's the first place I spoke, actually, um, in my community. You know, really, I, speak. That's the first thing. Get out there, go speak. Don't worry about, am I ready? Do I have the right audience? Am I in front of my target audience? Whatever that is, um, you, have, you, you will get better at speaking by speaking. You will get speaking gigs by speaking. <clears throat> I can't disagree with that. I would say that as a guy who's also run events, it's interesting what the person trying to speak at the event thinks is important versus what I need. And depending on what kind of event you're doing, what I need is butts and chairs. So what I don't need is you think you're smart. This is the same as book writing. People who write books think that the best books that are out there are the ones that had good ideas. Your idea is not interesting or important to anybody besides you and your mom. <laughs> it's how many books can you move for the publisher if you're selling through a publisher. And we should point out that that was uh, Michael Port's event. Uh, yes, yeah. but what I love about that, Jeff, you know, you, we were talking about Seth and getting started with um, a virtual book tour series that was, you know, without visuals. That actually helped me get started as a moderator and MC, in addition to my own keynote speaking. And so that clip that you saw was all those years later, um, facilitating an in-person event. Um, a panel for Michael Port's heroic public speaking event. And it takes a, a fine-tuned uh, gut to lead you know, thought leaders like that. When you have all those big egos on the stage at the same time, how does the moderator make sure that everybody gets enough you know, love, right? 100%. Um, my old orchestral conductor used to say, within structure, there's great freedom. And so there's the preparation to know not only like the content and the expertise of all the panelists, but also how might they respond, watching previous video clips, knowing their personality, um, and then also, you know, being completely present. It's almost like you know, playing the role of an orchestral conductor. So to know when, right, you got to bring in the horns or it's time to shift to the, to the violins. Yeah, no, I love that. And not be afraid to cut somebody off. <laughs> and I, and I, I encourage my audience to uh, follow Elizabeth on social media because she, she gives away the gold. She has these great tips. Here's one of them. Don't forget the follow through. You know, in golf, I'm a horrible golfer, but my whole family um, plays golf. It's all about the follow through. So if you have an opportunity to give a reading for a group, to be a guest for a webinar series, to do a podcast, a guest article, even a breakout session or a keynote, don't forget the follow through. When you finish an event, you think, oh, let's check it off and move, move on. I know we're all busy. We have limited time, energy, and money but you're leaving gold on the table by not following through. So after any transaction that you have with an organization, again, podcast, webinar, et cetera, et cetera, schedule a follow-up call. I wanna thank you again so much for featuring my article, for having me on as a webinar. 
um, for bringing me into the conference to speak. I can't thank you enough. I'd love, beyond sure, would love to hear the feedback, but I'd also like to explore what can we do next. So if you've given a webinar, maybe you can apply for the conference for next year, or vice versa. It's amazing. Um, a lot of speakers will go give a breakout session or a keynote at a conference and then miss the step, like what a great encore to the conference to give a webinar for those who didn't get to attend. So follow up, ask the question, what's next? I really value this partnership with you, said organization, or you, thought leader. How else can we play together? How can we continue this relationship? And if there's nothing, there's no opportunity at the moment, keep in touch. Have a system and a structure so that you don't forget to follow up with those relationships and to explore ways you can continue to add value and serve their audience and vice versa. And Elizabeth, I applaud you because uh, when you set yourself up as a strategist for speakers, you kind of be a great speaker, right? You can't be nervous and fumbling out there. Did you have to learn how to become comfortable in front of a crowd? Yes and no. And my, my background um, growing up from childhood through college was as a musician. And so I had a lot of time on stage, both as a solo performer and you know as part of small groups and orchestras. And so I think some of just the groundedness and learning to be calm in front of hundreds of people came from my music background, but certainly I've had, you know, eaten my own dog food and invested yeah. in my own like speaker delivery and skills. Yeah. Well, you're a natural. And then you're also a, uh, a best-selling author. So let's put the book up on the screen. Let's talk about the contrarian effect that you co-wrote with Michael Port. Yes. So we launched this in 2009. And you know, at the time we were really looking at, you know, especially like entrepreneurs and service professionals who wanted to reject the advice of, you know, basically the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross of always be closing and really being focused on transactions, which is more true than ever before in, you right. know, 2023. And so we wrote that book about why it pays to take the typical sales advice and do the opposite. Wow. And focus on open, opening doors and building relationships as opposed to, nice to meet you, do you want to buy from me now? And I bet just the process of, of writing a book with, uh, you know, a thought leader like Michael Port had to be fun. It was really fun. And, you know, oftentimes when you, we see the end product as readers and we think, oh, wow, this is so seamless, it's put together. But the creative process is very messy. It's nonlinear, as you know, you know, as an author. And... It takes getting in the weeds, being messy, being willing to change your title, being willing to change your outline, revisiting or killing your darlings, as they say, to really come up with a great end product. Yeah, and I can attest that one of the smartest things I ever did was learn how to speak in front of an audience. I used to speak to a TV camera every night at Fox 4 that would reach 150 thousand people, but speaking to a live audience would freak me out. And so, so talk a little bit about the uh, overcoming the fear of speaking and how that helps you in so many different areas of your life. Well, I think one of the first step, Jeff, is really like keeping your focus on your audience. Because if we're, it's so easy to get in our heads and say, oh my gosh, do I need more powders? What's my happening with my hair? I should have worn something different. I'm going to forget my lines. 
but really when we're looking out into the audience, where, whether it's an audience of three or 300, to really focus on a few people, connect with them at a, at a heart level. I know that sounds a little woo, but really we're in the business of service. And when we can remember that there are people in the audience that we're not speaking to, but we're having a collaborative conversation, even if they're not responding to us, sure. that can be really helpful. And do you still do one-on-one -on -one coaching? Or I do, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like a right-hand advisor to authors and speakers who want more than 15 minutes of fame. They want to step on a plane three to five years from now and see the person in seat 3A either reading their book or watching their TEDx talk on their iPad. Wow, that's amazing. We're almost out of time. So final thoughts. Uh, what would you like to leave the viewer with? So I think... You know, I feel like, Jeff, over the last three years, we have lost a lot of hope. There's been a lot of constraints for good reasons and some like byproducts of that. And we've we've lost our ability to see possibilities. It's almost like we've been living in the Truman Show, only to realize that that bubble is burst and there's so much more. So I encourage everyone, whether you're working on a book or speaking or growing your business, um, to create an environment that allows you to dream and to see things in new ways, you know, as with the pandemic officially over now and, and all the things we can get back to really um, dreaming bigger and to exploring possibilities beyond what we might be able to conceive. Outstanding. You're an amazing guest. Uh, we're going to end with the website, which is elizabethmarshall.me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's it for now. We'll see you next time.